All right, Mark, what do you have on? <laughs> what, do you, what do I have on? I don't know. I don't have What's anything on. on. Um, we're doing, this is episode two of whatever is going on. I don't even know if we're going to keep this up, but I'm enjoying it. We got a, a tasty little new setup um, that's, you know, we're experimenting with our small space at the roastery here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't know, my name is Mark Kotrowski. And my name is uh, Sergi with the same last name. With the same last name. We are brothers. It may not look like it, but that's the truth. Um, Same mother, same blood. It's all good stuff. Um, Yeah, so we just want to actually touch up on some coffee news that that just surfaced this week. And it's actually some devastating coffee news. It's not actually fun. Um, I actually was scrolling through my Instagram and happened to see some of our friends over at Onyx Coffee, it's a green coffee importing company, uh, posted about a hurricane that happened that just hit Central America. Yes. And it's it's not just hitting Guatemala, but it's also, um, I saw a similar post from the wonderful people about Proud Mary, mm-hmm. who are also experiencing a hit um, as they receive news that Honduras is also hit, and they have some pretty close connections with Honduras, as well um so this is a very devastating and hard time um what what are some of the implications of that for the for coffee in general i mean when something as big as a natural disaster happens obviously there's no control over that i mean what can you do all you have to do right now is basically respond um it's not something you can I mean, or basically you can react to, you know what I mean? Like you have to make something happen at this point. Um, And with the devastation, I read the email from Onyx and I'm just so happy to hear that no one, there's no loss of life yet that's directly connected, but just the devastation, loss of property and people just being disconnected from what they're used to is another uh, hard bite for 2020. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, of course, like people are the most important thing. So coffee, coffee can wait. Trees mm-hmm. can wait. Um, all the coffee infrastructure can wait. Uh, the coffee shops in the States can wait. But um, so as, as long as, you know, people are safe and so far things are looking um, fairly safe for, for the majority of people, but people are being disrupted in their everyday life and not just for this week the damages from this hurricane from um, this natural disaster is actually going to go on to the months ahead. Because uh, if I remember correctly, Honduras is about to go into Mm -hmm. uh, 2021 harvest and they just experienced this disastrous event, which if you're going into harvest, you're about to sell all this coffee you've worked hard for through, you know, 2020 through COVID and mm-hmm. your that's your livelihood. That's how you're gonna make money. That's how the producer, the farmers, the pickers, the sorters, that's how everybody's getting paid. And now who knows if they are because a lot of this infrastructure is getting damaged. Um, which we also saw some really cool stuff going on at Onyx with their GoFundMe, right? Right. Yeah. So like we were talking about last time is all of these difficulties are actually bring people together and like Onyx's call for um, just support, but also they're setting up um, their own way of going and doing relief because they offered uh, one of the things they mentioned in the email is Habitat. 
is helping out. But I love what Onyx is doing. They're actually going out of the way to bring supplies, which tells you how close that importing company is to their producers, which is exciting. I mean, especially in this devastation, it's like, man, like we're really working close with our producers. And this is a time when for us as roasters and for importing companies that we partner with to respond and help these people matter, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, for sure. So for those of you who are listening to this, who might be thinking like, hey, I want to give, I want to pitch in a little bit. If you go over to at Onyx Coffee on Instagram, um, it's a black logo with a white uh, O uh, for Onyx. Um, in their in their bio, they have a link to the GoFundMe account that you can uh, you can donate and give even a little bit. Literally anything helps. The more that we can push out there, the better, you know. And yeah, I I just hope that they're able to recover from this because who knows? Depending on how bad it is, it could actually lead to a lot of devastation for coffee farmers, coffee farms. Um, I don't even I don't even know personally how long that's going to take to uh, recover from that, yeah. whether that's financially yeah. or also with trees. What happens when all your trees just get destroyed? Yeah. You're going to have to replant them. And for trees to grow up, that takes that's a very long process. And in the meantime, somebody has to get paid and support a family. And so a lot of a lot of crazy stuff is happening um, yeah. with down there in Central America. So our prayers go out to you guys. Hopefully mm-hmm. you guys can um, recover. Thank you so much for your all the hard work that they've put in, yeah. um, that we get to actually experience the blessing of their work and hey. the result of their, their, their time and effort. Um, the other day I was actually just thinking like, I made a post on my Facebook story that said, hey, if uh, coffee coffee without people is non-existent mm-hmm. and i i kind of said that just like it just kind of popped into my head i put it on there but as i was thinking i'm like yeah it's true and although we don't often think about what's going on at origin when we're enjoying a cup of coffee but to think like wait so if people are if something happens to people we just won't be able to get coffee and that's yeah pretty crazy yeah, And uh, which actually got me thinking also is that if it wasn't for us working in the coffee industry, we wouldn't have felt so tied to people, you know, because I think as a daily consumer, you're not really thinking of coffee as um, as something that's growing on trees that, that exactly. people have to work for. It's, it's yeah. weird to say, but you just don't always. And even working in the coffee industry, if you get in the rut of things, one thing is going to one another and you sometimes forget that, hey, this is actually something that's grown on a tree, right? Yeah. And the amount of people, Taylor actually mentioned this in one of his Instagram posts one time, like just imagine the amount of people have to touch the coffee from the point it goes off, like grows on a tree, comes off of a tree, and then eventually ends up in your cafe that then is brewed and then you get to consume that. Like how many people, just hands touch that and how many people were part of that big process. I mean, that's incredible. It's one of the unique things is that that it's exactly how coffee brings people together, not to sound, you know, cliche, we belong together kind of thing. Yeah. But the reality is the coffee supply chain can exist without people coming together. Yeah. And it's, and 
a lot a lot of things are actually everything runs that way in the world everything does but i think what makes coffee so unique is that there's just so many parts to it yeah you know like you can't most of the time your coffee is not being roasted in ethiopia and it gets shipped roasted here that's not what's happening yeah and your coffee is also not getting brewed in colombia and arriving in your mug <laughs> to yeah. the cafe, as absurd as that sounds, but that's not the case. But what is actually happening is it's going from somebody has to pick the coffee, pick the coffee cherries, somebody has to process. So the coffee goes from the farm, goes to a washing station, mm-hmm. goes to a processing mill, and then from that processing mill, it gets shipped to the uh, the coast to get shipped out overseas. So there's people transporting it. Yeah. Once it gets it, then there's warehouses that are storing the coffee. And yeah. then from the warehouse, the roaster buys it. And then it gets to the roaster. It gets roasted at the roastery in this yeah. roastery. And then from here, another cafe in Bellingham buys the coffee from us, which we just pass it on to them. And then they get to prepare it. Yeah. And then finally it gets into our hands. Yeah. It's a, it's a long journey, but I think a lot of the times the reason we um, forget the journey is because how interdependent it is. Like every part is like to a degree on its own, but it's connected to everything. Like that's why yeah. I love the imagery of like the chain link. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's each chain link is its own, but it's connected to a much bigger chain that, you know, without each link, it's not as strong. Totally. And since I've started working in the coffee industry, which you may you may resonate with this as well, um, that awareness that there's a lot of people involved and it like coffee, good coffee, delicious coffee, amazing coffee, I'm not in control of. It's actually the farmers at origin that Mm -hmm. are in control of that and that without them, it's not possible that I'm realizing more and more that like. I'm becoming more aware that there's another side to this that I need to be thoughtful about, be thinking about. So in times like this, when a hurricane hits Central America, where we get our coffee from, it hits really close to home now because I'm like, no, I'm dependent on that. I'm dependent on what's going on there. Yeah. You know, and so uh, those those people matter. Their hard work actually does matter. Um, and they're being a blessing to us by providing us with such an amazing product. But, um, and then e- even starting mirror has also just continued to raise my awareness of that because now I'm working so much more closer with, with farmers to, to not just the farm side, but also to the yeah. consumer side. Yep. I almost feel like we're like standing literally in the gap yeah, between totally. two different, you know, origins, cultures, countries nationalities races everything we're kind of standing in the gap of that um and that just brings uh working working in that brings everything feels it feels so much more closer and intimate um and i love that so um yeah i don't know any thoughts yeah i mean that what you're talking about is exactly what what i was talking about today with the gentleman on the phone is like man like from day one from before I even had a barista job in my interview at Sippers, I literally said, I'm like, uh, there's one stipulation. If I take this job, I want to have a access to a roastery. And I remember getting excited about that fact. What you just said earlier is that the roastery is like that person that stands in the gap. 
it holds all of that together, you know what I mean? Uh, but also a very valid point you made earlier is that if the farmer and the producer aren't able to do their job well, and there's a lot of possibilities for that. Maybe, yeah. you know, lack of finances, a lack of education. I, I think it's rarely just, oh, I don't care. It's just there's a lack. Yeah. But yeah. if they're not fully like equipped to do their job well, there's not much we can do at the roastery. Hey, we can have a yeah. beautiful declining ROR, but if the coffee was not processed well, not much we can do. And, and the same thing goes into the cafe then, right? If the barista decided to pull a 10 gram extra yield with 15 extra seconds, no matter how good that coffee is roasted, it's going to taste pretty bad. So yeah. it's really dependent on each person being intentional and committed um, to the craft and committed to what reflecting the other party. Yeah. And, and by no means, um, do I want to go as far as saying like, Oh, well, bad coffee. Um, if you don't like a certain coffee, that just means that just blame it on the farmer, yeah. blame it on the producer. That's by no means at all what we're saying. Um, instead, which you actually highlighted that, which I'm glad you did that. Like, it's not, most of the time, I don't think it's just because I, I they just don't care. It's I, I, there's so many different aspects involved, and so many things can go wrong. Um, but the beautiful thing that I do want to highlight is that what the farmer invests into this coffee cherry, coffee bean, the potential that they're putting into this bean is setting us up for success. Yeah, we can't. Everything after the farmer, you can't make the coffee better than what it was grown. Yeah. So to me, that just reveals like whether you're an importing company, maybe you have to deal with logistics, shipping, storage, and warehouses, which could also decrease your quality of coffee by a lot Yeah. if you don't do it with detail-oriented um, procedures and whatnot. But I, it, it just shows that if there's if there's the potential that they're putting in, we can only take away from that. Yeah, we can build on that. Yeah, yeah, we can only we can only just express that or reflect that clearer. Yeah, but we can't make it. We can't up it. No. Than what it wasn't initially, um, you know, taken care of or or uh, cultivated for, you yes, know, and that's, exactly. that's just so phenomenal to me that if you taste a delicious cup of coffee, just know the farmers put in an insane amount of work and attention to detail and everybody else from the moment it came out of the farmer's hands to the barista that brewed your coffee. It's just a bunch of people that said we're committed to doing some really tasty stuff. Yeah. We're committed to, to showing off this coffee that the farmer took the time to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's why, personally, I lean so heavily towards the producer and the farmer. It's because I feel like, even as a barista, like I don't have to make the tough call most of the time, as a farmer does when they say, like, man, do I want to basically grow commodity coffee or specialty coffee? But commodity coffee gives me better quantity. I don't have to spend as much time and I could possibly make money on quantity rather than specialty coffee is a high risk, higher reward. And they have to make these decisions and 
basically plan around the fact that they need to make sustainable wages for their family. Like as a barista, I have options. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I can keep working my job as a barista clock in, clock out, but I can also go get another job. Like these farmers, like a lot of the farms we've worked with are farms that are passed on from generation to generation to generation. You know what I mean? Or like heirloom varietals basically means like it's been passed on. Like, you know what I mean? Like these are farmers that not only have invested their lives, they're planning for their kids to invest. So it's like, it's like one of those businesses and one of those careers that it's much bigger than the individual that's working. And, um, I can't imagine making those decisions. Like, so that's why I lean towards the producer always. And I'm like, man, whatever we can do to elevate their, um, like just livelihood, whatever we can release pressure from, take some pressure, some weight off their shoulders so that they can do a better job because they want to create a better product, but they also want to make enough money for their family. I mean, don't we all, right? Yeah. It just, it's so tough. And then hearing the devastation that's happening, that's another load on their shoulders. So Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's kind of like what we've been striving to go towards as mirror. It's been a little hard with COVID, um, but that's the long-term goal is like, I love that you said like you're, we're trying to alleviate as much stress and give as much security to them as possibly because what we've seen actually what i've noticed is that companies that invest into these farmers and actually create a safe place to experiment to try new things yeah. to go out of their way a lot of, a lot of really insane things are coming out of those places yeah. amazing coffee spectacular coffees with new experimental processing methods it's it's just amazing but to wrap this all up i i, I also want to say is like it's it's working in the coffee industry so close has tied me with the farmer and the consumer. But I also think that I love that coffee has become such a big part of our culture because it's actually a place where we can meet and hang out and spend time with people in cafes. Yeah, I go to Makeworth almost every day because that's where I just like do my work and dang, it's just getting more and more packed. And most, and a lot of times it is just people sitting alone doing work like me but a lot of times it's actually people coming in with another friend, um, a parent or, a, you know, whatever it is. It's such a beautiful place of connection yeah. around coffee. Dude, everything. Like the amount of awkward first dates I've witnessed. Oh, one. <laughs> in the dude, bar. Yes. That's so, dude, that's so that's funny. Yeah. That's so funny <laughs> that you bring that up because I used to work at the Woods Coffee Roastery and the Woods Roastery was like a roastery. And then there was just this like, like waist high fence um, like a barrier and then the cafe and you could easily sniff it out. You could smell it. And it's so fun. Like I, and I love it. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just so awesome to see people connecting, but yeah, keep, I mean, sorry, I totally interrupted yeah. you. No, it's like, I remember specifically, uh, last week, you know, Kyle, our friend Kyle, um, he came in, he had good old mirror coffee in his basket and he's like, yeah, this is for, um, meeting the home buyer that I sold a home to. Like, dude, that's incredible. Like over coffee in that cafe environment, there's like two parties coming together to basically start this new life in a new home. That's big commitment. And like that interaction happened in the cafe. Like that's huge. I mean, I met Deja at a latte art throwdown in a cafe. That's kind of where our 
basically like bold bean and other uh, lock yeah. air throwdowns where we started creating our relationship yeah. like those magical like intimate long lasting like relationships start there like the conversation i had with you yeah. about brandon from social grounds yeah. still talking to him on the phone and he'll hey man i'm about to get on the treadmill right now but i was just uh, thinking about you wanting to check in to see how you're doing i would have never been friends with this guy if it wasn't for like coffee and social grounds dude yeah 100 percent, and that's man yeah there's just so many those moments at the cafe or around coffee in general whether that's now it's pivoting to like i think these holidays coming up yeah are some of it may be spent in the cafe but i think that cup of coffee that you make that morning on christmas morning on thanksgiving morning may not be with your family but with the other two three roommates you're living with or people you're living with i think it's just going to be the coffee is going to taste real sweet dude and you know that santa is waiting for coffee not actual milk i mean 100 percent I mean, what is going to fuel him for the rest of this trip? Definitely not milk and a cookie. Cookies are, I mean, I, uh, I, th- I think he'd be down for a cookie. Biscotti? A chocolate chip cookie? Ooh, Ooh biscotti. A little biscotti I think, dipping. I think a chocolate chip cookie would weigh him down a little too much. Sleepy, yeah. Yeah, but biscotti might actually be just enough fuel for the for the trek ahead. If this, We're going to finish this off with, the, with <laughs> this one last question. If Santa Claus would drink a coffee... What would it be? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good one. I'm excited to hear what everybody thinks. I kind of have a guess, but I'm I'm gonna leave that for next time. Yeah, leave that in the comment section. Um, what do you think if Santa Claus had could have could drink a coffee? If you could leave him on Christmas Eve, you brew him up. What would it be? A natural, a geisha, a wasp, a washed, wasp. a wasp? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's the only pro- processing method. Or yeah. or is he a wet hold kind of guy? Oh. <laughs> what is it what is it you guys uh that's a wrap thank you guys so much for watching it was a good time listening uh, it was a good time hanging and uh hopefully this brought some hope but we'll see you guys in the next one peace nice turned out well yeah i think we